Chapter 39, March 1999, age 44. One of Robert's requirements was joining a support group, such as Alcoholics Anonymous, which he did the first week he was in San Antonio. He found a meeting place not too far from where he was staying in the hotel. This was important, since his only mode of transportation at the time was his feet. He was making at least one meeting a day, usually at that location, which was held in the afternoon. He also attended a meeting on the weekends. He took the bus to that meeting, which was about 10 miles away. It was held in a large building that was somewhat run down and contained several rooms. It was at this meeting where Robert stood during share time. He introduced himself and told about the part of his life dealing directly with his addiction to both drugs and alcohol, cautiously leaving out his involvement with the mob and the witness protection program. At the end of the meeting, a man in his late 60s approached Robert and held out his hand. My name's Bill, the man said as Robert shook his hand. I noticed your accent. What part of New York are you from? Brooklyn, Robert said. Well, it's good to meet a fellow New Yorker, the man said. Can I buy you a coffee? Robert and Bill sat in the dining area of the building, chatting about old times in New York. Robert learned that Bill was co-owner of Guadalupe River Ranch in Bourne, a small community just northwest of San Antonio. Listen, Robert, there's a get-together next month of people who used to live in the New York, New Jersey area. I figured since you're new in town, you might want to come meet some people. Sure, that sounds great, because I don't think most of these Texans understand what I'm saying anyhow. Bill laughed. I know what you mean. And if you can, I'd like for you to come out to the ranch for Easter weekend. We're going to have a big shindig out there. I think you'd like it. I shouldn't have a problem with that, Robert said, since he had no obligation to a job yet. The only problem is I don't have any wheels. Bill thought for a second. I'm going to be flying out of town and be gone for the next couple of weeks, but I'll be coming in right before Easter. How about I pick you up then? That works for me. On April 3rd, Bill picked up Robert in front of his hotel, and they made the 45-minute drive to the Guadalupe River Ranch. The 370-acre resort-slash-spa was located on a bluff overlooking the Guadalupe River Valley. It had a main house that once belonged to the actress Olivia de Havilland and accommodated 45 guests. Along with being a working ranch, the resort also had a petting zoo for the kids and offered kayaking down the Guadalupe. Bill had built his own home on two acres near the back of the ranch, but he put Robert up in one of the rooms at the resort so he could enjoy the full benefits of the place. Robert was very thankful for the opportunity to get out and get away from the stress of building a new life, although he did feel guilty about not paying for it. Bill was someone he barely knew, which made him feel like he was taking advantage of him. Bill insisted that Robert just enjoy it. Despite the downtime at the ranch, Robert's mother was constantly on his mind. By then, he was making regular calls to Florida, using a calling card to assure his phone number wouldn't be traced to his location. Through talking to her and his brother Richard, he was aware of her failing health as she struggled to survive the cancer that had invaded her body. On Sunday, April 4th, he tried calling his siblings to check on his mother's condition, but no one answered. He did this for a couple of days until he finally got in touch with Robert. Mom's gone, Robert, Richard said, his voice shaken. Robert felt his chest tighten. When? Saturday before Easter. How about that? Seems fitting. After he ended the conversation, Robert slowly descended the stairs to where Bill and his wife Ellie were and told them the news. 
We're so sorry, Robert, Ellie said, gently touching his arm. Is there anything we can do? Robert shook his head. Are you going to go back home? Bill asked. I can't, Robert said. Why? Is it money? If it is, we can help you with that, Bill said, unaware of Robert's situation. It's not money. It's just... It was tempting for Robert to tell Bill and Ellie about what was going on. They'd been so kind to him, and the burden of the secret was difficult to bear. It's just the way things are right now. I can't go back. Okay, if that changes and you need help, just let us know. Over the next few days, Robert went through a gamut of emotions. He was frustrated at his situation. Not only was he not there when she died, but he would not be able to attend her funeral. He felt despair because his best friend, his biggest supporter in the world, was gone. Most of all, he was angry with God. His mother had gone through decades of hell dealing with Robert, his addictions, his involvement with the mafia, his selfish mentality. Now that he was a new person, he wanted most to share that change with her. Now she was gone, but the guilt of what he'd put her through remained. The following weekend was the New York, New Jersey get-together Bill had mentioned to Robert weeks earlier. At first, Robert wasn't really interested in going. The grief over his mother's death had kept him holed up in the hotel room. Be ready in 20 minutes. Ellie and I are on our way. We'll pick you up at the hotel, Bill told Robert, not giving him an option to miss the event. Robert forced himself to get ready, went downstairs, and left with Bill and Ellie. The meeting was at an Italian restaurant not far from where Robert was staying, so it only took them a few minutes to get there. As Robert entered the private room inside the restaurant, he immediately heard the distinct voices of people from his part of the country talking loudly and erupting in laughter. He nudged Bill. This reminds me of home. Bill nodded and smiled. Everyone at the gathering introduced themselves, and after the introductions were done, a group of ladies invited Robert over to their table. Go on, mingle, Bill ordered Robert. Stay away from the bar. Don't worry about that. You'd better worry about that. Robert realized he was right. It was when he thought he had his alcohol addiction kicked that he was most vulnerable. He headed over to the table and reintroduced himself. The oldest woman smiled. Hello, Robert. My name is Sharon, and this is my daughter, Melissa, she said as she held out her hand to the woman on her left. Now gesturing with her right hand, she said, my daughter, Carrie, and then pointed across the table, and my friend, Bernice. It's very nice to meet you, ladies. Did I hear one of you say you're a church group? Yes, from Evers Road Christian Church, Sharon said. Melissa's husband, my son-in-law, is one of the pastors there. Oh, really? Robert learned that the church was located on Interstate Highway 410, about 10 miles away. He also found out that Carrie headed up the church's nursing home ministry. After the evening ended and Bill and Ellie were dropping Robert off at the hotel, Bill stopped Robert. I know this is a tough time for you, and the temptations are going to be there. I'm going to be out of town for a while, but I want you to call me if you need to talk, especially if you start thinking about it. You've got my mobile phone number. Thanks, Bill. I will, Robert said, patting him on the arm. And thanks for making me go tonight. I just might have found a church home. Government witnesses receive funds to live a normal life for up to two years, but it's not an exorbitant amount. Robert first found this out with the per diem he was allotted for food and travel. 
It was revealed again when he went car shopping and learned his budget was a mere $4,000. With that, he was able to buy a 1984 BMW. Despite being an older car with well over 100,000 miles, it far exceeded walking everywhere. For that, Robert was grateful. The car also meant he'd be able to get to Evers Road Christian Church without needing a ride. He drove there the first Sunday he had the chance to worship with his new friends. He met Senior Pastor Philip, who was very kind and receptive to Robert. He also got to meet Melissa's husband, Brent, who was also a pastor there. Since Melissa's family was from back east, he felt very comfortable with them, and soon they were inviting him to go out to eat and to visit them at their home. Robert built friendships with Pastor Philip and Brent by visiting them every morning at the church office, bringing donuts and making coffee. He was hungry not only for their friendship, but also the brotherhood found among Christian men, which fed his desire to become closer to God. He also began to visit the elderly residents at a local nursing home. Carrie, who headed up the ministry, asked Robert to come with them some Saturday morning, right after the men's prayer breakfast. At first, he wasn't interested and avoided attending by leaving the men's prayer breakfast before the women arrived. He was still dealing with the bitterness he had toward God for taking his mother before the new Robert had a chance to love her. But as he was leaving one morning, he felt a strong urge to take Carrie up on her offer. Robert, you're going to love these people, she said as Robert drove them to the nursing home. They have so much gratitude. What exactly do I need to do, he asked. Just be yourself. Show them love. It was Robert's first time in a nursing home, so he was nearly floored when the stench of urine burned his nostrils as they walked down the hallway. Carrie noticed his response. It's very common among the elderly to be incontinent. You can imagine how humiliating and embarrassing that must be. Robert nodded. He was glad that was never an issue for his mother. Carrie pointed to one of the rooms on the left. There's a couple of women in this room I'd like for you to meet, Martha and Mary. But be careful of Mary. She's a feisty one. Okay. As Carrie and Robert entered the room, the two women that came with them went down the hallway to visit another senior. Robert noticed how the drab gray walls of Mary and Martha's room were colorfully decorated with family photos, greeting cards, and children's drawings. A single TV was in the middle of the back wall and was blaring. Two twin-sized beds were on opposite sidewalls. He saw a frail woman in her 80s on the left, wearing a knitted shawl and sitting on the edge of her bed. She was struggling to get her slippers on her feet. The other resident of the room was slightly younger than her roommate. She was sitting in a chair at the end of the bed. Hello, ladies, Carrie said as she went over to the TV and turned it down. The woman on the left slowly stretched out her arms, and Carrie came over and hugged her. Hello, Martha. How are you? She asked as she squatted next to her. Robert heard her say something to Carrie, but he couldn't distinguish what it was. Carrie nodded her head as she listened intently. The woman's eyes then made their way to Robert. This is Robert, Carrie said. Robert walked over to Martha and took her hand. It's good to meet you, Martha, he said in a loud voice. Martha smiled and then sent something to Carrie, who then laughed. What did she say? Robert asked. She wanted to know if you'd marry her. I don't know about that, Martha. I just might get accused of robbing the cradle. The three of them laughed. Carrie continued her conversation with Martha as Robert stepped back. Hey! Robert turned. It was the other woman in the chair calling him. She waved him over. 
Robert looked back at Carrie, who was enthralled in whatever Martha was telling her. He turned back to the woman in the chair, whom he assumed was Mary. She was still waving for him, so he walked over to within three feet of her. Come down here, she said. Robert squatted to where he was eye level with her. You must be Mary. Without warning, the woman slapped him with all the might a woman her age could muster. Robert was shocked as he quickly got to his feet. That's what you get for two-timing me, Mary said as she shook her fist at him. Ms. Mary, Carrie said as she stood next to Robert. You can't do that. But she's right, Robert said, chuckling. I shouldn't have been two-timing her. I deserved it. By the time Robert and the ladies involved in the nursing home ministry left that day, he had two more proposals for marriage. Fortunately, there were no more slaps. As they arrived back at the church, Carrie stayed in the car while the other women left. You were pretty quiet on the trip back, she stated. Yeah. Well? Well what? What did you think? Robert gathered his thoughts before he spoke. I know what it's like to be trapped inside a prison cell. But I knew when I was going to get out that my time there was limited. Even with that, I can't imagine what it's like being trapped inside your own body not able to feed yourself, not able to speak, not able to use the bathroom on your own. Jail was easy compared to what these people are going through. Carrie nodded with a smile. You get it. That night, as he was praying before bed, he thanked God that his mother never had to suffer through much of what he saw at the nursing home. He never missed another Saturday visiting to the nursing homes, and he didn't miss the bitterness he harbored toward God for taking his mother. He knew that God had saved her from a far worse fate and that there were plenty of senior adults with whom he could share the love he wasn't able to share with his mother.